Hazy Podcast is brought to you by EK the DJ and Michael Reed. Join them each season as they discuss the adventures contained in various audiobooks. This season, they'll be providing reactionary commentary on the So I Got Hazed audiobook by Michael Reed. Chapter 18, Angry Nibs. November 12th, Mudding. Eric was hired to DJ at Delta Mu Social, and he took me with him. It was at a banquet hall off campus, and he needed help moving his equipment. Eric thought that getting me away from campus would make me feel better about the whole knife incident. I was so angry that I had to go with him. The whole night, he kept telling me how lucky I should feel. I got to hang out with all the hot Delta Mu girls and get my face out there. He was right, but everyone had dates, so it hindered my progression as a Delta Mu boy toy. See, you saw it as like, hey, man, I'm getting you out there, whatever, which is kind of cool. But I saw it as, oh, man, I just want to go sleep. Well, you were just, you were tired all the time because of all the other pledging stuff. Yeah, right. So, like, that's all I thought was just selfish sleep. (laughs) It's probably why that's all I want to do in my older years, just catch up on all the sleep I missed out on. Dude, I slept for like 10 hours yesterday. It was beautiful. 10-hour sleeps are the best sleeps. I also had a 10-hour sleep yesterday. It was awesome. I felt so great when I woke up, when I was ready to finally move again. What time did you wake up? What time did you go to sleep? Uh, I think I, I went to sleep at like 4 in the morning, and uh, I woke up I, I think I woke up around 2. Okay. I went to bed at midnight and woke up around 10. Nice. The sorority had Eric play a long slideshow they had made so I got to see lots of things I probably shouldn't have. They ate dinner, drank, had speeches, and then they danced. During the dancing part of the social, people were reluctant to get on the dance floor. This is when Eric queued up the song, Walk Like an Egyptian, and said, Go on, Mike, go dance the dance. I didn't hesitate because dancing is fun, even if it's choreographed to an old 80s song. Everyone started cheering and ran out to the floor to dance with me. Eric queued up the rest of the songs, and the couples kept dancing. He did a great job at DJing, and had missed his calling. After the night was over, I helped Eric pack up his equipment. When we were loading up the truck to leave, it started pouring down rain. Eric's truck was already loaded down from the equipment in the back. The weight, mixed with the mud pit that the parking lot had become, inevitably got us stuck as we were leaving. Everyone had already driven down the hill, away from the banquet hall, and we were left alone, just the two of us. With Eric's broken femur, there was no way that he could help push. I tried my best to push the truck free by myself, but came up short. I slipped and fell into the mud as the tires kicked freshly packed, high-speed mud into my mouth and face. I remember getting little turkey feet of mud kicked at me at high speed and just being so fucking angry because I'm like, dude, I'm not going to be able to get you free. And you're just like, push harder. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to be able to get you free. I remember feeling so bad too later. (laughs) And that that actually does come up in a second. I didn't miss my calling. I still DJ. I I don't do it uh, commercially, but I definitely still uh, still DJ. I I had two gigs yesterday. True. Well, we hadn't reconnected when yeah, I had written this book. Yeah. Good point. The truck moved about three inches forward and rocked back into place. It wasn't going anywhere. Then the forgetful nature of a drunk girl saved us. 
a vehicle full of people came back because one of the sorority girls had forgotten her coat. With the help of the two male dates in the vehicle with them, we were able to eventually get Eric's truck free. I cleaned myself off and got into the truck. I was somewhat clean, but freezing. Eric thanked me a thousand times as we drove back to campus. When we got back, Eric got me high for helping him. Yeah, getting stuck in the mud while it's raining is probably one of the worst situations that can happen to a vehicle other than like blowing a tire out or getting in a car accident at night. Yeah. Blowing a tire in the rain sucks too. Getting in an accident at night also sucks because there's nobody around to help. Any bad thing that happens in a car is is made absolutely worse when it's raining. <laughs> absolutely. Cops don't even like to ticket people in the rain. It's like everything about this already sucks, and now it sucks worse. Well, what happens the next day is even worse than this day. It's progressively getting worse and worse for me every day. That's, that's about right. November 13th. Limp Bottle. When we got to the dorms after a long night of drinking, John and I both pissed in an elevator together. Both peeing in our respective corners, we filled the entire elevator full of urine. Instead of going directly back to our rooms, we went to the vending machine room to buy some candy. Can I just comment on how this story opens up with Knowles and I both pissing in an elevator? Pissing in opposing corners of an elevator. Not pissing into a bottle or anything, just pissing into the open corners of an elevator. So I feel like I glanced over a lot of the hilarity of this book because that is hysterical. It's like, yeah, so we're we're pissing in the elevator, but that's not what's important to this story. What's yeah, important is the next not part. The highlight of the story. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely the next part. While we were there, we noticed that there were new posters all over the walls. Some of them were hysterical. The image on one of the posters was a beer bottle with a limp neck. It had a quote under the bottle that said, Alcohol consumption impacts performance. We stole all the posters that we thought were funny and took them back to our rooms to put up. We didn't take any of the elevators back upstairs because there was a one in four chance that it would have piss in it. We took the stairs instead. When I got back to I like those odds. What has a one in four chance that this elevator's gonna have piss in it? Y'all couldn't remember which one? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny that you say that. <laughs> nope, four elevators, one in four chance. That's all we could really put together at the time. <laughs> but the poster looking like a limp dick and saying alcohol impacts performance is definitely hysterical. That it is. It's a good ad. It is my room, I showed Paul my limp dick poster and proudly put it up on our wall. November 14th. No shoes, no problem. Dustin Barnes had been to a few of our events. He was a quiet brother with a big heart. Literally, he had a huge heart. He was massive and spent most of his time either studying or in the gym. Dustin caught John and I eating at Muse Food Hall without our Chuck Taylor shoes on. We thought we were so dead and going to get hazed. Instead, Dustin surprised us. Dustin said, it's okay. I don't care. I think it's okay if you guys wear whatever you want in your own dorm. That would be like a brother telling you that you couldn't wear your own shoes if you owned a house off campus. 
You guys have to use your own discretion. His logic was like, uh, that's why I remember exactly what he said, right? Because I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, be smart. And you know what I loved about that guy? There was definitely a time where he was supposed to be watching us in the basement when we were pledging. And uh, me and Chippy, we're, we're in the basement. We're, we're doing what pull-ups, whatever, push-ups, you know, the whole, the whole wet shop routine. Uh, and uh, he comes down, and he's supposed to be watching us. And as soon as, as, soon as the guys are upstairs, he's, he's yelling. He's like, yeah, yeah, keep going, keep going. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and guys, guys, calm down. Stop what you're doing. Just take a break. You, you pieces of crap yelling at us, but in between breaths, telling us to relax. <laughs> that is amazing. Dustin Barnes, you're incredible, sir. Don't be afraid to stick up for yourselves, even if it means you'll get punished with hazing if you're wrong. Which, if you guys haven't found out already, John and I interrupted. We're always wrong. We all laughed together. Dustin talked to us about pledging and hazing. He said he wasn't a brother that was going to haze us unless he didn't like us. He told us from the times he had hung out with us, we never had given him a reason not to like us, so we didn't have a reason to make us quit. He said if he hazed us, we would quit, so there was no point in hazing anymore. I asked Dustin if I could get his interview, and he said, No. Interview one of the brothers that hangs out more. You don't want to know anything about me. I'm boring. How humble, right? And now, to this day, that's the interview I wish I had gotten. Yeah. We sat eating together, and talked like men for the next half hour. We never wore our Chuck Taylors in the dorms, so when he busted us and didn't get mad, we thought that was cool of him. Dustin was a rare breed. There were other times that the brothers came to our dorm to eat, and told us to put our Chuck Taylors on. Do you have my interview? Of course I do. I'd like to see that. Like right now, or just eventually? Oh, no, just at, at some point, eventually. I'd just like to see that, reflect on that memory. Okay. I can, I can definitely make that to a reality for you. That'd be cool. November 15th, another MLM. We had another MLM night. We chugged warm 40s until we puked on one another's heads, as per usual. After we were done... Kyle wiped down the bar and squeezed the rag's juices into four little shooter cups. He called it a Radford Turnpike. We drank the shooters, and they were disgusting. We thought Kyle would be satisfied at this point, but he made us do sheep drills until Tony got so dizzy that he puked on James. After that, we were sent home and told to stay out of trouble. Fucking Kyle. <laughs> They say that you. They say that like every pledge class has it easier than the last pledge class. Like that's a that's a thing that said y'all y'all didn't have it as hard as we had it. Uh, you guys definitely had it harder than. I did. <laughs> that's I, that's I what everybody ever, said. I don't think I ever got puked on, and I, there was there's some stuff you guys had to deal with that I did not have to deal with. They said that. After our pledge class, it started to get easier because that was like the the realization that there was that was the pinnacle of hazing, and it had to come down from there, right? Well, and I guess that makes sense. I guess. November sixteenth, marker high. Boredom in college usually drives mischievous deeds. This night was no exception. 
John, Paul, and I were smoking weed on the roof of the dorm when we decided it would be funny to steal the marker off of Gina's door. So, I, I'm just thinking about this for a minute. In three consecutive days, we had me almost get stabbed by a knife. The next night, you take me out. I have to push your vehicle in the rain. The night after that, I steal posters and piss in an elevator. Then the day after that, I get busted without my shoes on. After the day, the night after that, uh, MLM night, and we're drinking Radford Turnpikes. And now mischievous deeds. It's just nonstop, rapid yeah, gun shooting control. of stories. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we thought it would be funny because that way nobody could write her messages. Everyone in the dorms had little white message boards on their doors so people could leave them written messages. Paul snuck down the hall, grabbed the marker, and quietly darted back to our room. We thought it was so funny that we stole her marker. So funny that we decided to try and steal the markers off of everyone's doors on the fourth floor. We managed to steal everyone's markers on our floor without getting caught. We were on a marker high. We thought it would be obvious if we didn't remove our own markers too. So we did. Like, how brilliant is that as well? That we're like, hmm, maybe we should take the markers off our doors so that everybody lost their markers. Everybody lost their markers. Yeah, that's, just, that's a good, uh, good, good logic. Sweeping, <laughs> sweeping theft. Not like, hey, how come they still have their markers? An exercise in censorship. But taking the marker off the RA's door, hysterical, because nobody can write her messages. And also, this is before, like, mass text messaging, and, like, I'm sure there's digital boards and stuff now, but... Yeah, it's, I remember I remember having, like, 50 messages. I, I had 50 messages a month or something like that. And you could fuck people over by going and erasing other messages off people's doors. Nope, he's not going to see that. So, we've stolen every marker on the fourth floor. What do you think happens next? Somebody needs to write a message. We took the marker off of our door and John's door, respectively. That way it didn't stick out that we still had our markers and nobody else had theirs. Since we were on a marker theft high, we kept the ball rolling. Between the three of us, we stole almost every marker in the entire 13-story dorm. Whenever anyone saw us at a door, we'd pretend we were writing messages. Yeah, that happened. Holy shit, man. <laughs> All the whole building. The entire building. Wow. So, let's just do a little quick math right now. I'm pretty sure there was at least eight rooms a wing, maybe more. So let's do ten rooms a wing. And there's three wings. So 30 rooms a floor. And there's 13 floors. So we're talking over 350 markers. Probably about 390-ish. But not everybody has a whiteboard, too. That's insane. It's a lot of markers. So, a lot of markers. leads to what some other problems. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> until they were gone. Then, we would shove the marker in our pocket. When we got back to my dorm room, we poured all the markers on the floor. It was like a bunch of kids pouring out Halloween candy. We sorted through the markers. and <laughs> That's exactly what it was like. We're all emptying our pockets and sweaters. Look at, it, look at it, all the different brands of marker. 
I've never seen so many different types of markers in my red. life. <laughs> exactly. Ooh, this one's expensive. Took the best ones to hide in our rooms. The next problem was figuring out what to do with the leftover 50 plus markers we had. We hid them in a trash bag and shoved them under John's bed for the night. Since we were stuck with the evidence, we brought the markers over to the brothers' houses the next day. A few weeks later, I asked Autumn and Tara about their missing marker. They said some asshole stole it. I laughed inside, but maintained a stoic face of disbelief that people would be so low as to steal markers from another person's door. I wondered if this is how Ethan felt when he gave away my change. Maybe it started with a penny, and before he knew it, the high from giving away the change was so great that he was throwing quarters at the girls across the hallway, like a Canadian strip club. <laughs> like a Canadian strip club. <laughs> Why are you throwing quarters at Canadian strip clubs? Apparently they throw quarters at Canadian strip clubs. The first time I saw that... that That's not making it rain, that's making it hail. They roll up their posters of themselves, put it in their snatches, and guys will try to throw loonies and toonies into the posters. <laughs> Should I just blow your mind? I just blow they're your rolling, mind. They're rolling coins with their. <laughs> okay, so the strippers will have marketing people make naked posters of them, like with their pictures. So then the stripper goes out there, holds her own poster of herself, rolls it up. People try to throw quarters into it. Then the person that does roll it into it, throw it into it, gets the rolled poster given to them. She signs it, then she keeps dancing naked. Okay. Yo, times are everyone. times are tough in the cold everyone. north of Canada. Okay, <laughs> when people are willing to take darts of change at themselves in order to in order to survive and maintain sustenance, times are hard in the north times of Canada. Are, yeah, no kidding. Before November seventeenth. Pre-Nibnight Intelligence. I am not sure if having a newly initiated brother as my big brother was favorable or not on Nibnight. The Nibnight event was only for the newly initiated brothers, and no other brothers were invited to the event. Only the Nibs and the Pledges would be at the event. I knew that Eric Davis took a liking to me, so he wouldn't let me suffer too much. At some point during the semester, as the trust in our relationship grew, Eric took the time to show me pictures of his nib night. He showed John a bunch of pictures as well. It's debatable, but I think it put us one step ahead of the game. Since pledging a fraternity was a long game, it was always important to gain as much real knowledge of events from brothers beforehand. It was all just a mindfuck, and if we let them mindfuck us, then we'd suffer a lot worse. The objective of pledging was to pledge smarter and not harder, but for whatever reason, we always seemed to take the harder route. Thanks to Eric and some other brothers that we had interviewed, we knew about a month before the Nib Night event what we would be expecting. We would have to eat a pizza box full of dried condiments. Even though we knew what to expect, the four of us were still lied to repeatedly. The brothers that lied to us said we would go to the Nib's house for some pizza, smoke lots of weed, and have a relaxing night. We were much wiser than we let on. I'll tell you what, my dim night. <laughs> I'll wait. I'll wait until we're into this story. But man, 
you probably don't remember my Niv Night as well as the story is about to remind you of how it went. That's pr- probably true. I feel like I feel like Chippy probably was a, a really really hard on you guys. <laughs> yes. And I was and I'll be honest with you man, Chippy was my pledge brother. I, I could never stand up to him, man. He had my back. So like when he wanted something to go his way, it was like, "All right, like it's whatever you want." Have fun. Like, yeah, like I he was one of the he was one of the brothers that I really never would check check again. It's my pledge brother. That's how I am like, with James, Tony, and Knowles. And in the end, like it was just me and Chippy. So, like, that was it. Like any, it, I always bowed to his uh his um expertise, his uh his hazing demands. So get ready, cause here's twenty minutes of it coming your way. <laughs> it his nib night was hard on him too. <laughs> November 17th, Nib Night. When we got the call to head over to Chippy and Eric's apartment around 7pm, we knew it was Nib Night. To us, it was just another event, because we knew that nothing at that point could make us quit. We were so close to the end of the semester, that the end was near. It was funny, because when Chippy called us, he asked, Are you guys ready to eat the best pizza of your lives? But he knew, that we already knew, what was going down that night. When we walked in the door, I had never seen such a big smile on Chippy or Eric's faces before. Hey boys, let's get this show on the road, Chippy announced, and then put his head down and toked his gravity bong. There was a large pile. If there is any story in this book that I wish could be turned into a cartoon, it would probably be this one. A cartoon? Yes. Because the smile from ear to ear made you guys look like Pac-Man, like we were on an acid trip. (laughs) And then when he puts his head down and takes bong hits with his dreadlocks hanging down, it's just like, oh, not this again. Look, ground up. (laughs) Weed on the living room table. We all smiled as we walked into the apartment. Maybe this wasn't going to be as bad as I thought, I said to myself. We all took a seat on the carpet beside Chippy. We sat around the gravity bong, waiting for our turn. Chippy and Eric kept passing the gravity bong back and forth before John finally said something. I brought some tree. Is there any way I can take the next hit? Chippy finished his bong hit and blew it out slowly. With a small grin forming on his face, he said, Did I say I was going to smoke you guys up? Or that you could smoke? Because I'm sure I just said you were going to be eating the best pizza of your lives. All this weed is for Eric and I to smoke. It's going to be a long night, and we want to keep ourselves entertained. My blood boiled, because I would have been high as gas before I got to his house if I knew we weren't going to get to smoke. Not to mention, I would have loved to have been high before I was about to eat an absurd amount of food. When the South Park movie came on the TV, Chippy took that as a cue to start the event. I apologize for Windows notification noises. I haven't heard any of them. Our listeners will. Well, that's unfortunate. While Eric was taking another bong hit, Chippy looked around the table and said, Do you guys remember how to Pac-Man? It's just like your onion races. Nom nom nom. Eric laughed so hard, he choked on his bong hit. He knew what was about to come, and so did I. Yeah, of course we know how to Pac-Man. Do you have some fucking onions for us? I asked Chippy, knowing I was fucked no matter what I said. 
my pledge brothers looked at me like I had just when I know that like pain or something is coming my way, I'm a sassy bitch because I'm like, no, I'm not gonna go down like that in my memories. I'm gonna go down like a fucking G. Right. I'm ready to be hating it, so just bring it on. Yes. Showing a picture of Muhammad on national television. Oh, you're fucking lucky I don't have any onions, Mike. You'd be eating the entire Sorry, that's actually an amazing joke, and it got clipped in half, but my pledge brothers looked at me like I had shown a picture of Muhammad on television. <laughs> Fucking bag by yourself, you backtalker. What I had in mind was that one of you guys Pac-Man dog treats off the floor. How would you guys like to Pac-Man dog treats, like the bitches you are? We sat in silence. There weren't any right answers after what I had said. Since Mike has the big mouth of the night, John and Tony, you guys can do it, Chippy said. John and Tony scowled at me, and I looked back with a half-sorry grin. Sometimes it was funny getting your pledge brothers in trouble. Since they all got me in trouble once or twice, I didn't feel as bad about my tongue slips. The situation made me flash back to basement week, when John threw his onion at my feet, and I had to finish eating it. Chippy left the room and came back with a box of dog treats. He poured the treats all over the carpet and said, Okay, John and Tony, dig in. Remember, no using your hands, just your mouths. And as you're eating, make sure you say, Nom nom nom. They are delicious treats, and you're lucky to have the privilege to eat them off our carpet. James and I were instructed to suck our thumbs, like big babies, while we watched our pledge brothers eat the treats off the floor. Vindictive Mike was coming out, because when I'm thinking of, like, John throwing that onion at uh, my feet and me having to eat it because I ratted on him earlier in the semester. I'm like, no, that's John's onion. They're like, eat that fucking onion, you rat. I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> now that he's eating this slew of dog treats or cat treats off the ground and I'm sucking my thumb, I'm like, yep, being a baby right now ain't that bad. Chippy and Eric continued to smoke out their apartment. A thick cloud of weed smoke had lined the upper half of the apartment. James and I sat sucking our thumbs, while John and Tony nibbled dog treats out of the shag carpet. John complained that he kept getting carpet fibers stuck in his braces while he ate. We were lucky that we'd vacuumed the carpet by happenstance before the event, because there may have been more than fibers stuck in his teeth. While John picked fibers out of his braces, he looked back at me and shot me the evilest look ever. At that moment, and only that moment, he hated me. It was John's hate for Chippy's treats being refocused at me. I understood. It happened to us all the time. The brothers were excellent at pitting us against one another. After John and Tony gobbled up all their delicious treats, Eric said he had a warm-up snack for us to eat before we were able to enjoy our pizza. He went to his kitchen and opened up one of his wooden cabinets. He reached in the back and pulled out a box of unsalted cracker sleeves. Up until that moment, I didn't even know that unsalted crackers existed in sleeves. Eric opened up the box and pulled out four... Alright, let me tell you something about sleeves of all unsalted saltines and salted saltines. Alright. I still, I still to this day, keep several boxes of saltines by the sleeve in my cabinets. Uh, it is one of my go-to snacks. Um, whether I throw cheese on them or peanut butter or... I, I, am, I always have... Nib night? When when they threw the saltines out, I was like, yes! 
Like, yeah, I'm supposed to be bad? I can rock some saltines. I carried my weight on mine that night. Everybody has their things, right? That you were able to that do it. That was one of my strengths. I was so re- and and anytime like uh, what was the first one? the one way earlier in the in the semester we already talked about it I believe but it was uh fox and hounds smoker smoker yeah yes we did smoker already right we yeah. talked about that a while ago yeah when we did smoker and you had to do the trail of dog food oh I was I was I was asked them for more at the end I was but like, we didn't have a trail like, of dog food in ours you you didn't have a trail of dog food in yours that's right. <laughs> So you're like, yeah, dog food's my jam. <laughs> yeah, like, well, it's at the time, like, at the end of Smoker, like, I was so high. Like, I was, I was, I was, we were, it was, at the, in the beginning, there was more than just me and Chippy. There was this other fellow that didn't make it that ended up quitting. Uh, we'll call him a pylon. So pylon uh, quit pylon. earlier. Yeah, but uh, we were in uh, this closet smoking, and we all had a blunt, and we had all had to drink a thing of wild Irish rose. Gross. Yeah, so so after, like, each one of us finishes our drink and has smoked a blunt each, or it was two blunts each, I think, um, we come out of the closet, and there's a trail of dog food leading to a uh like to-go container which is closed and uh we're we're supposed to pack man up the dog food while we're going meet 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 and uh uh when we get to the thing uh they open it up and there's more dog food in the container. <laughs> we, gotta eat, we gotta eat what's in the container and i'm like bet so we <laughs> I, we eat something is like uh i don't remember exactly what it was but I was like, yeah, just, is there any more? Like, hey, do you have anything else to eat or something? Oh, man, uh, the best part of that is that you open the container and there's more dog food in it because <laughs> that's, like, that's genius, right? <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. <laughs> like, wings. Wings is what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, it would have been nice if it was wings, but I guess, well, no, it might not have been nice. If it Even was. super hot wings? <laughs> no, that might not have been nice. <laughs> But yeah, the uh, that was that was our smoker. So like, uh, when midnight came and it was saltines, I was like, awesome! Like this is way better than dog food. I love saltines anyway. <laughs> I did not want to eat these, so here's where we go with your saltines. Four sleeves of crackers and gave a sleeve to each of us. My stomach told me that it was going to be a god awful night. Each of you eat a sleeve. Go, Eric said. We opened our packages and ate our unsalted crackers. I devoured mine so fast that I sat there watching my Pledge Brothers for a few seconds before Eric realized I had finished. Strikes! He shouted. Yeah? I answered, knowing I was either going to have to eat something else or I was going to be praised for eating so quickly. Eat Tony's leftover crackers, Eric demanded. I grabbed Tony's sleeve of crackers out of his hand, which he had only put a small dent in, and proceeded to eat them as well. I ate all of my crackers and three quarters of Tony's crackers in the end. My mouth was so dry by this point that I knew I was in for a long, long night. Tony didn't even thank me when I ate his crackers. My patience was starting to fade. I had a feeling that I was going to be carrying the team like we'd carried one another through the entire pledge process. When we all finished our sleeves of crackers, Chippy and Eric gave us a minute to rest. Chippy brought in a pizza. 
I'm uh <laughs> the uh the crackers I've never felt bad about because like it was something that wasn't really gross to eat. It was just like crackers without anything to drink. It was just kind of a pain. Yes. Uh, but like I never felt bad. Like oh, I'll make you eat crackers all night long. Like that's the worst of the hazing that I felt comfortable with. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, when it comes to making people eat gross things, there was definitely other things. But <laughs> I know the that we're about is to the one I felt the least bad about. I know we're about to break into the story, but I must say that like our pledge class didn't have it the hardest on this event. I went back years after I pledged. And there was a fr- there was two fraternity brothers that had it harder, and I said to myself, "Oh my god, this is way worse than my midnight! Holy crap!" So get ready for what is about to go down in this story, and just think about it being four times worse for two guys alone. I'll tell you more about mine. I'm waiting for it to find out what, like I'm 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 dropping in these bits and pieces of mine to correlate with where we are in the timeline of your night. Okay box and set it down on the table in front of us. Are you guys ready to start? He asked us. It was the quickest minute of rest ever. As I went to open the pizza box, Chippy stopped me by putting his hand on the center of the box. No strikes. Not yet. First you need to make sure our apartment stays clean. Go get the trash cans out of our bedrooms. I got up and went to each of their rooms, collected the trash cans, and brought them back to the table. You know when two people remember something at the same time? I feel like we just had that moment there. Yes. Chippy was very conscious of the trash cans because we had this event. There was a point in the middle where he started getting sick and it was like soft serve ice cream. The way it was coming out of him. Oh, gross. It was so so dense and dry coming back up. So it was like it it didn't come out like normal sick. Like, like there was no splash at all. It was like, it was like soft serve. <laughs> like that episode like, of South Park where they poop uh, out of their mouths. Yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, so, so we're about so to foul. we're about to open up this pizza box and see what's inside. I put a trash can between John and I, and the other trash can between James and Tony. The trash cans were very thin and were meant for a bathroom. We just hoped that they would hold enough puke between the two of them to handle the entire night. Chippy lifted the lid of the pizza box to reveal our event. The entire white box was filled with every dry white food I had ever seen, mostly baking goods or unbaked goods. We knew we were in for a lot of dry food, but we had never eaten or planned to eat that much dry food in one sitting before. We had no idea what happens to the human body when only dry food is consumed. I went to reach and grab some food with my hand, but Chippy screamed, Hey! I wasn't joking either when I said that. Like, you know how pancake mix, if you add water to it, it expands exponentially? We're all thinking, hmm, I wonder what happens to our bodies when we eat this much dry food. Well, uh, yeah, well, Chippy could tell you. It (laughs) It expands. It comes up very slowly when it expands. I think this is how humans get compacted digestive systems. For real, that's gotta be how it happens. Eating too much dried food. I actually n- never have taken the part of eating all of these foods and learning my body for granted because I feel as though pledging 
brought me closer with my mind-body connection than anything else in my life, other than some sports. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, the worst thing that I experienced during... Uh, and that was miserable. Oh, God, I felt horrible doing that. Uh, Having to chug Crisco cooking oil? Crisco is the worst. Uh, I couldn't throw it back up. Yeah, you and you have to, and it's really bad for your your organs. Your liver and your kidneys can't process the vegetable oil. Terrible. Excuse me, they can process it, but they shouldn't. Right. Hey, what the fuck do you think you're doing? I pulled my hand back and put it at my side. I waited for him to tell me what I had done wrong. Perhaps I wasn't supposed to be using my hands. Haven't you ever had an amazing dinner before? Say your grace before you guys eat. John, say grace. John sounded us off to start our hi-ho sig H chant. Three, two, one. But Chippy interrupted him. No, John, actually say grace, he demanded. I don't believe in God, John said. We all knew damn well that John believed in God. He just didn't want to do anything for someone that was about to make him eat that much dry food. It was just like I had sass about the treats. John was having sass about... Yes! That indignant. And then just wait, wait for the reason why you know John believes in God in a second. He had a tattoo of a cross on his back, for Christ's sakes. Like a Brock Lesnar dick cross on his back. Like, huge, big cross, right? You know the guy believes in God. He's just being a dick to Chippy. Mike, go bring back the dog treats from beside my computer, Chippy said. I slowly got up, hoping that John could somehow redeem himself in that time. And he did. Just as I stood up fully, John started saying grace. I remember something about Sig Age, something about God, an evil grin from him, and an amen. Okay, now you guys can eat. It was like one of those passive uh, blessings, like, <laughs> God bless Sig Age, God bless this night, God bless hazing, hope everyone's alright, <laughs> and have a great <laughs> night, amen. <laughs> and you can only use your mouths. We don't want you cheating using your hands, and we don't want any, he raised his voice and repeated himself, any of your pizza sauce on the floor. Oh, and you have to eat everything in an hour. Go, Eric said. We dove into the pizza box and bumped heads at first. Two of us backed off so the other two could get their mouth. It was like four sluts going for the same cock. Hungry, hungry hippos. That's that's probably a better analogy. I'm oh, fairly nice. certain. I'm fairly certain. I remember Chippy yelling that out at you guys. <laughs> he used the right name this time. I'm trying. I'm full. While they chewed their food, we took our turn to fill our mouths. I filled my mouth so full I could hardly breathe. I had to breathe through my nose and chew slowly so I wouldn't choke. When I started chewing. The combination of foods was overwhelming. I wanted to sneeze, but the repercussions of that would have been devastating to the apartment. I couldn't manage to get any of the food down quickly. 
It was next to impossible to swallow, because when my saliva hit the food, it became a thick paste inside my mouth. From what I could see in the box and taste in my mouth, we were eating every instant meal that the brothers could find. There was such a large quantity of mixed powder in front of me, but the variety was lacking. It tasted like it was pancake mix, dry cake mix, and dried mashed potato mix. But the better visual for anybody that's listening to this is How that... The powdered eggs in there too? Yeah, the, the visual that you need to think about is the end of Scarface when he just has cocaine all over his desk. We opened up a pizza box and it was just like that. Like, the, the the mound was then larger than the yeah. pizza box. You're like, how? wait, what? How did this even happen? <laughs> the mix solidified as soon as it touched our tongues. If we tried to swallow the powder, it stuck to our throats, and that was in the best-case scenario. In the worst-case scenario, we'd cough, and the powder would either projectile onto our Pledge Brothers, back into the pizza, or at Chippy and Eric. We experienced all of those scenarios over the next few hours of the event. The powder formed a large clump. Now, see, the key word there is few hours. We were supposed to finish in an hour. Hours. Yeah. <laughs> so here, we'll we continue the story. You were yes, but we were supposed to have finished in an hour. ...in my mouth that I eventually swallowed by chewing the clump up and forcing the smaller fragments down. When I ate my next mouthful of schmeggy goodness, the powder went down my throat and it made me sneeze it up. Chippy and Eric said they added water to the mix while they were making it, causing it to harden and dry out the ingredients even more. There wasn't any way to cheat during this event, because Chippy and Eric were in the trenches with us. They sat teasing us while watching their movie. They'd hysterically laugh at Cartman, and found what we were doing mildly less interesting with each gagging swallow. I eventually became so full that I tried to pull the trigger to throw up, but it wouldn't work. You guys were almost treating us like a dog with a bone, like you just sort of look over every couple minutes to just make sure that the dog is still chewing the bone and see where he's right, at with it. Not getting into any mischief. Yeah, exactly. It won't work, Strikes, trust me. You guys just need to finish all of it. Suck it up, finish the event, so you can go home and drink some water. Then throw up. I looked back at Chippy, acknowledging the fact I understood that we'd have to finish the pizza box of dried shit before I could go anywhere. I think I know what'll make you boys a little happier. How about some sardines? Chippy walked to the kitchen and came back with an old can of sardines. It still had a 25 cent price tag on it. He opened it up, and a terrible rotten stink came from the can. He paused and looked at Eric as if to get the other 50% of fraternal approval in the room before he could give us the rotten fish. Eric nodded, and Chippy pulled five sardines out of the can. He put them on the pizza and said, A special treat for our special schmags. Then he and Eric started cheesing out laughing. We examined the sardines for only a split second. We had decided as a collective co-conscious that we would eat any wet food they gave us. So this is another thing that like whenever whenever sardines came out, it was like bet I'm down. I love sardines. Sardines never I never had a problem with. It was, it was the opening up of the, pizza, by eating sleeves of crackers, and then eating all these dry foods that made us not really want anything else. But when the sardines came out, we thought wet is good, right? 
Right. Wrong. <laughs> I grabbed a sardine and gobbled it down. Tony grabbed two, John grabbed one, and James didn't grab the last one. At first, it was amazing because the sardine added enough moisture to my mouth that I was able to swallow the food stuck in it. After I swallowed, though, the salt from the sardine made me even thirstier and dried out my mouth even more than it was before. It was a terrible trap. James was done at this point. Food stuff was not his forte. The look on James's face was of a man ready to surrender. He was not having it one bit. The last two challenges had pushed James. Food challenges were his only weakness. With the last sardine sitting there, Tony asked James, Can I eat yours? James was sitting right beside Chippy, so the idea of him cheating was out of the question. James nodded at Tony, not even wanting to speak, while he continued shoving mix in his mouth. Tony grabbed the last sardine and popped it in his mouth. He'd eaten three sardines, so his mouth became even more dried out than John and I's were. The last sardine was the turning point for Tony's stomach. Tony reached his threshold and started violently puking. He managed to get something up other than slop. The pizza concoction looked like white poop coming out of Tony's mouth mixed with parts of a Hawaiian burger. I shouldn't have eat before I came, he said. Chippy and Eric kept shouting at us to pick up our pace, but we were slowing down with every chew. We attributed being worn out to having run so many events are you laughing at Tony because I shouldn't have eaten before I came. Because he's so funny. He's so naturally funny. Oh man, I could just hear him saying it too. I'm crying. I'm holding back tears right now thinking about like him saying such things. Oh, that's phenomenal. And being hazed so much before midnight. Ultimately, it was no excuse for our poor performance. It came to the point that we started chewing while we slept. Sleep chewing. Chippy saw us slowing down and offered us another gift. Or at least that's what we thought he was offering us. Who wants some gravity bongs? Maybe that'll make you guys hungrier. We took turns taking gravity bong hits, and then we were yelled at to finish eating our food. Once I was high, it was over. The gravity bong hits made eating the pizza concoction much worse. Death was on the horizon. Do you remember that scene from me, myself, and Irene when Jim Carrey is on that new medication? Yeah, the, <laughs> and he's getting all like, getting like. <laughs> That's what it was Can like. I get a glass of water. <laughs> so so parched that like the skin from my chin was inside my mouth. I had eaten like up to my nose. <laughs> The skin from my chin was inside of my mouth. Oh, phenomenal. <laughs> a wonderful description. We were done for. <laughs> we were done for. But let's just flash back to what I said about the other pledge class. They had a whole picnic table of this. But I guess the, it was thinner because you can only pack it so high before it naturally forms down. Right. I don't know what was higher, uh, extra, extra large pizza box filled to the top that like mounded itself when you opened it, or a picnic table, but I still feel like the picnic table was worse. The picnic table sounds pretty rough. It was like a beer pong table, so that's six yeah. by three, or six by two and a half. Yeah, that doesn't sound pleasant it's at 18 all. 18 square feet. Even if you fold out a pizza box, a pizza box is what, one and a half or two feet by two feet? 
Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So maybe 12 square feet versus 18 square feet for two guys. And we had four guys doing ours. There's no comparison. Pizza box was still more than halfway full of the dried food, and it was impossible to swallow any of it, let alone with cotton mouth. We knew that we were going to be eating dried food that night, but when that pizza box opened, we'd never seen that much dried food mix in our entire lives, let alone tried to eat it. When we started the event, it was much easier than it was after we were high, full, and tired. If we could have possibly made any more saliva, then it would have been easy as pie, but it wasn't happening. We formed a schmag huddle, but we had already lost James. He'd gotten fairly comfortable on Chippy and Eric's side, watching South Park whenever he could. John turned and looked at me and said, Mike, I can't do it. You're going to have to finish the pizza box by yourself. I looked John in the eyes with the most serious face a man can give when he's covered in cake mix. Are you out of your fucking mind? Look how much is left. I whisper shouted at him. Hey. Shut the fuck up and eat, guys. You're doing awful. Do you know how lucky you are that we are tired and don't feel like screaming at you guys right now? Do you know how bad we had it on Nib Night? We had all the Angry Brothers screaming at us, but we ate four times what you have to eat tonight. They didn't have two new brothers. They had tons. Imagine an entire table full of this, Eric screamed at us. I was the only one that could manage to continue eating after Eric screamed at us. James, John, and Tony couldn't get down any new mouthfuls of the mix. John tried performing his fake puke act, just chewing a little and spitting it in the trash can as if he was dry heaving. But Chippy called him out on it. Knowles, don't you waste a fucking bit of that. After Chippy yelled at John, he noticed that John had been wiping handfuls of mix all over the carpet. John had moved the trash can on top of the evidence each time he did it. John, what the fuck are you doing? So John had been wiping handfuls all over the carpet. And also, it shows how foggy memories are, because I guess it was two small pizza boxes, and then they ended up flipping it onto that table. Yeah. So we did eat more. They just made it look like more by the pictures I just showed you. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the amount, and I'm yeah, you guys most definitely had more. And then look at this one. It looks like somebody puked back into there. You can see the puke on top of his. Oh, that's foul. That is so foul. God, the memories are incredible. I don't give a fuck if this is an event. This is my fucking house, John. You disrespectful fucking schmeg. What do you think gives you the right to disrespect me? John sat there, quietly chewing, as Chippy tore into him. There wasn't much John could do. If he punched Chippy, pledging was over, and we were so close to the end. If he yelled back at him, or said anything, then there would be some sort of punishment, if not that night, then the next. There was still plenty of pizza to go around. The best thing a schmeg could do was sit quietly and take their verbal onslaught, knowing that eventually, it would all come to an end. Chippy grabbed John's shirt and started scrubbing the carpet with it. Then he stopped cleaning and looked at John. Fuck that. You scrub it, John. Clean that shit, or I'll make you eat it. The look on John's face said it all. He wanted to kill Chippy. He scrubbed the floor with his shirt as Chippy continued his rant. If you guys really can't eat anymore, let's give you some water. 
I knew something bad was coming our way. Water never meant water while we were pledging. Chippy came back with a jug of vinegar. He poured two shots and handed them to James and I. Why us? At that moment, we were the only ones downing any of the terrible pizza. The vinegar was another mind-fucking to pit us against one another. If I didn't dislike my pledge brothers already, I did when Chippy put that shot of vinegar in front of me. It wasn't just James and I that had to take shots, though. When James and I were done, Chippy poured shots for John and Tony. I wasn't as mad at them anymore. I knew when John took a shot, he'd probably spit it into the trash can. I was spot on, because not only did John spit his vinegar shot in the trash, Tony did too. Chippy wasn't happy. He screamed and screamed. Chippy told James and I that we had to take another shot because our pledge brothers had failed us. John and Tony were instructed to suck their thumbs while Chippy poured more shots. He told them to wipe their hands on themselves, and if they got any of the pizza near his carpet, they were done. The shot only added moisture to my tongue for a second, then immediately dried out and burned my throat. The shots of vinegar inflamed my throat. They didn't help the concoction go down at all. If anything, it made it harder to swallow properly, without choking or panicking, because I couldn't breathe while I chewed and swallowed. Sadly, one of the best parts of the night were the shots of vinegar. What's even sadder, or glorious, depending on how you look at it, is that we were taking so long to complete the event, the brothers had lost all motivation to yell, all enthusiasm in the event, and were more or less burned out on weed. This is when we heard some of the most beautiful words that could be spoken to a pledge. Eric said, We're sick and fucking tired of you guys. Clean this shit up and get the hell out of here. We couldn't clean fast enough. We were somewhat confused, because we hadn't failed an event before. We knew we'd failed, but we still felt like winners, because the event was over. Chippy said, You guys are going to have to eat another pizza. You have to finish it. It just won't be tonight. If they try and make me eat another pizza, I will quit, James said under his breath. That was always his response. After the wings, he's like, if they make me eat more wings, I'm fucking quitting. If they make me eat another pizza, I'm done. It's the constant threat. If they do this one more time. People that give ultimatums rarely follow through with them. They're just talking shit. Me too, John said. Yeah, man, Tony agreed. Come on, guys, don't worry. They won't make us eat another pizza. Nib night is over now, and we're so close to the end of the semester. Next up is Hell Week, and then we're done. We'll be on the other side and get to enjoy pussy, drugs, parties, brotherhood. And did I mention pussy? I said, trying to boost the group's morale. Eric told us to go home, and Chippy got mad at him. Chippy said we should have to stay and eat the whole pizza. He was frustrated, because when he pledged, he and Eric had to eat the whole pizza. He felt like our pledge class was getting off easy. Everyone says the next generation of pledges always gets it easier than the last. We left the house with Chippy and Eric still arguing it out. We were proud that we had another event in the bag. We were that much closer to wearing silk SIG-H letters and being on the other side of the line. So probably the best part of that night is Noel's wiping the shit on the carpet and thinking that nobody was going to notice eventually. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know how he would have thought for a second he was going to get away with that. Because it's Noel's. <laughs> you know, I think before, before I went home from school, I left, uh, I left all my letters behind. 
which felt like the right thing to do, I think, at the time. Like, and um, I was kind of sad about it when I came home from college because I didn't have any letters. And uh, my sister, one one of the birthdays before she had passed away, my uh, my sister gave me a pair of letters that I keep. I keep. I don't wear them, but I keep them. Aw, I have SIGH letters I wear all the time. Do you have uh, any of the ones that I gave you? No, I regifted all of those ones yeah, to the guys I before I left. It, yeah, I felt that's. I felt like that was what you do. You know, you leave them behind. All the ones I have are ones that I bought while I was in Canada. Yeah, and I was just like, I'm going to get a sweater. I might as well have Sig H on it. And now they're like starting to get a little older and ratty, and I'm like, I should get rid of this, but it's got Sig H on it. <laughs> well, that's, when they're older and ratty, though, I feel like that's, that's how they're supposed to look. So there's recycled shirts that are used in the oil field for oil rags, and they come in these big drums. And one day I was out there working, and I saw a teak shirt that had been recycled and thrown into one of these drums. And I'm like, no way! And then I saw a lot of sorority ones in there, too. I'm like, this is like the Greek bin! That's funny as shit. Super cool. So do you have any other memories of your nib night? Yeah, very. it was very similar to... It was very similar to the one you, you guys had. We had... The shot glass, the vinegar that you're, you know, the only liquids that you're getting are supposed to torture you more. But like I said, the, the, when it came to food events at, you know, in, in college, I had an iron stomach. Like, uh, I, there wasn't a whole lot that I couldn't, or I couldn't deal with. Um, I mean, I also was extreme. Like, like I, if I had to get sick, I had to get sick. Um, so whatever, I'll eat it and then I'll just make myself sick. No problem. Yep. Um, it was the spicy stuff that really got to me and like the hard liquor because the burn, like, you know, anytime we had to like, like do whiskey or like chug whiskey or, uh, it's just because it would burn after, after a while, you know, even if you get, you know, even if you throw it back up, you're hoarse for three days afterwards. That's burn. what's the worst, is the next day. is like, oh yeah. my god, I feel like I smoked like a pound of tobacco. Yeah, it was absolutely horrible. And, uh, like, that was the worst of it, was the spicy stuff, the hot sauce, like, that was bad. Um, the onions, man, the onions, because that was another thing, like, you know, I could get through the first half of an onion, but by the second half, it's starting to burn my gums. Yep. The acidity, you know, it's just brutal. And then I thought oh, the cooking the vegetable oil, uh, man, it was, I just couldn't get, I couldn't, I couldn't throw it back up. Yeah, vegetable oil is a tough one. That's why I sent you that picture of the vegetable oil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, hot forties were tough, but I mean, once again, that was like you just chug it, and then because it's hot. Hugging, it's coming back up. Uh, the Boo. Mad Dog. Beer is so easier to get up. Beer and wine? Yeah. Ugh. The Mad Dog never bothered me so much. Like, once again, like, once you get past that first couple chugs, you know, the flavor ain't so bad. You throw it back up, the flavor ain't so bad. Uh, it's so much sugar in it. And it takes up a lot of space in your stomach, too. And that's why yeah. it's sometimes tougher to puke up liquor, because it doesn't take up as much space. And... That's why some of us get 
alcohol poisoning because we're like, yeah, I think I got it all, but fuck it. I don't want to puke up anymore because I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah, bro, you're tired because you have a lot of liquor in you. You need to puke up. You're going to die. You know what? That puking, that puking, it definitely uh, tightens the abs up. It does. Uh, because, of, you know, the, those are the muscles you're using when you're dry heaving because you can't get it any more out, but you, you're trying. <laughs> That's why I still have the V to this day. It's like a little gut with a little V under it because it remembers all of the puking. It remembers. And then the hangover, the hangover neck day, man. The yellow meanies. That's what Chippy used to call them. The yellow meanies. What's a yellow meanie? It was when you had nothing in your stomach and you'd throw up and you'd have these like little yellow specks of bile in your, <laughs> in your foamy vomit. Oh, man. Meanies, uh, like you're throwing up nothing except for the little yellow meanies. Yeah, that's like me when I get stressed out before going to a bad work site. <laughs> <laughs> the dry heave, like, there's nothing in my stomach to get rid of. Yep. On that note, we'll dry heave you guys next episode. 